Hey what's up guys, English Dave here for episode 3 of The Mandalorian. Spoiler talk, The Sin. I am here with my co-host Eli. What's up Eli? How we doing? Ready to be here? Ready to rock? I'm, I'm loving these titles. You know, episode 1 didn't have a title, but episode 2 and now episode 3 they have a title. The Sin. The synopsis is as followed. The battered Mandalorian returns to his client for his reward. So at this point, the Mandalorian still has baby and uh, he's uh, taking it back to the client. This episode is directed by Deborah Chow, the first woman ever to direct a Star Wars live action, uh, 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 live action content, I should say. Um, and she's also set up to lead the Obi-Wan series. And I'll tell you this, Eli, after this episode, I have so much more excitement for Obi-Wan because this is oh. one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, how can you not? I mean, this episode was electric. Uh, yes. So much happened, and then we'll get to it. But the the last sequence was just so well done. So well um, done. So like, hype. There's there's a moment we'll get to. Again, this is full spoilers as always. So if you're listening to this, hopefully you've seen the episode. There's a moment at the end when when all the Mandalorians come in. I got as excited as the, the on-your-left moment in Infinity War when mm. everyone turns up to, to help Cap. Even though Absolutely. I don't know these guys, though, I just really felt that excitement. I was just, oh my right. god! <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if you like, so I grew up on Star Wars Battlefront and Battlefront Two, and yeah. so you get to play with Mandalorian or characters, at least with Mandalorian armor and gear. Okay. And so, like watching all the different, like the jetpacks, the different weaponry, and these different, you know, Mandalorians who are coming to help out Mando is just like. That's what I've done in my childhood, <laughs> and so just super exciting to see that, like yes. in live action too, because we've seen it in the Clone Wars and whatnot. Yeah, but course, it's just exactly. on a whole different level when you can see it live action. This also kind of, you know, we've always praised the series on the visual effects, but a lot of that comes down to certain, you know, set designs and 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 costume designs. But this one showed us some cool effects, like like the jetpacks, right? You know, we Absolutely. really haven't really seen Mandalorians with jetpacks, period in that kind of way you know we've seen brief hints of it in previous movies but because of technical limitations you really couldn't get into it yeah or even i mean the show the show has put such an such a point of emphasis on practical effects and i think that's um inspired by the original films yes. um and we saw in the prequels i mean the, the jet packing we've seen for the most part has been in the prequels and yes. we know how that was animated <laughs> now at the time it was you know interesting enough but uh to see it to see the practical effects and to see it on the small screen i mean like every week these episodes just blow my mind and how you know they're done technically and how good they look mm. um it's just like we said in previous episodes I and mean, it's just changing it's changing the game mm -hmm. in front of our eyes 100 percent um it opens up where we left off. We have Mando and Baby in space. And during a hologram conversation with Grief Kargar, played by Carl Weathers, he knows where to land and bring the asset. Um, this is the first time we see holograms. I used to be one of those people that kind of hated the holograms of Star Wars because I used to think it's set in this this world where everyone has like light speed technology and all this kind of stuff. Why do your holograms look blurry? I used to hate that until I read one novel that explained it. It said... To send information that far, you can't have high quality visuals unless the, the information would be delayed. So to make it happen in real time, they lowered the quality on purpose. So, so like, it's uh, like they don't have the bit rates necessary. Exactly. To... <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I mean, exactly, it's a rational you know, explanation. It is, especially those distances. You know, you're dealing with multiple like, you know, systems. 
solar systems and star systems. You know, it's not from here to like another country. It's right. like, fine. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Yep. I'll, I'll believe it. <laughs> I'm ready a, to suspend disbelief. Right, right. Uh, we get a cool little moment that I think I love that this this is great use in terms of, and this is where our, our filmmaker knowledge comes in, right? In terms of, of setup and payoff. And I think this is such a beautiful setup with baby Mando playing with the lever of the knob. And you think that's just like a little cute little moment where he's playing with it. Then Mando says, stop playing with it, puts it back into his floaty crib. But the fact that it comes back later, it's such a touching moment that goes on to show how this show shows us Mando's uh, 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 feelings towards the baby without showing us his face. Well, and that's such a hard thing to achieve, I think. And as you said, the show does it brilliantly. There's actual development of a character and there's an entry point into act to access Mando and his feelings through mm-hmm. baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. And that like, I, I, I was a little skeptical, like of how they were going to do that. I was like, okay, they're going to take off his mask. Mm-hmm. Nope. And sure that this episode starts to reference that yeah. as we see, um, or sorry, the next episode starts to reference that. Yes, yes, yes. The way that is done is, I think, you know, super, super subtle, but well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could overdo it, and it's Baby Yoda is a perfect conduit to like be like, this guy actually has feelings. He cares about this, and we should care about him because of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the deal with the client is made. We get to meet Werner Herzog again, the client. We don't have a name for him just yet. And I love the moment when uh, one of the troopers takes the baby, and Manda's like, take it easy and the troop is like you take it easy i don't know why <laughs> i just found that hilarious because i'm like okay <laughs> the trooper with an attitude right. relax right. after being paid uh, mando goes unca- uncharacteristic for a, a bounty hunter and asks what's going to happen with the child and i love that uh, uh, the client reminds him of that because it's a great way to threaten somebody without threatening them but feel threatened you know, I think Werner does a great way of kind of showing that moment of just like not answering the question, but saying, why would you ask that question? Yeah, I think Werner Herzog's character is like desperate yet menacing all mm-hmm. at once. Mm-hmm. And he's just it's just the perfect, perfect mm-hmm. actor slash director to to play that. Yes. And so like he, you know, he clearly is desperate for the asset. Mm hmm. And I just love how he can still seem like in charge. Yes, uh, yes, that's the thing, in charge. I love that sequence. And it also makes you realize, I think that's like a, a leaping off point for the audience to you know remind them like Mando is not, even though he's a Mandalorian, he's not what we expect him to be when we, you know, in the first sequence of the very first episode when it's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's like ready to freeze someone in carbon. He's like, a bounty hunter. Yeah. You know, he's not a good guy. He's a bounty hunter. And it's almost like, like you say, yeah, it's almost a reminder of him and the audience that he may be having fun with his baby at this point, but you're still a bounty hunter. He still did this for a job. And I like that uh, uh, he's reminded that you just took my money. He, he, he asks you questions. <laughs> you know, like, right. I, I paid And a you. whole bunch of money. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I paid you for this. And, you know, and, and also. I think it does a very good job of planting the seeds of interest for the bounty guild as a, as a whole, right? When it's reminded that that's against guild protocol. And you're like, oh yeah, right. he is part of a guild. Reminder, he doesn't <laughs> work on his own. You know, he's part of a greater entity, you know? And I like what that's setting us up for later. It's establishing rules. Mm-hmm. There are rules in the universe and I like how they're not um, laying them all out there. 
Yes. And it makes us want it makes you want to keep watching episode. And I just hope that at this point, as I'm watching, I hope we keep getting, you know, the slow drip of information. Okay. So what exactly is the guild? Mm-hmm. You know, what are, what lines can he not cross? Is mm-hmm. he going to cross those? What does that mean? What are the ramifications of that? If mm-hmm. he does. And so the, the establishment thus far is good. Now the question is, is the payoff going to be yes. what we hope? And I think one of the things, like you said, in terms of tidbits of information about the guild we get, it's a visual thing, is the fobs, right? The tracking fobs. Mm-hmm. Every time you see someone with that, you're like, oh, that's a guild member because you've been taught taught that that's right. what they have. You know, little things like that or even the pucks that they, they carry with the information. I think those are the little things that kind of are good ways. It's almost like John Wick and the coins. In a yeah, way. right. Yeah. Um, of course, after being paid, Mando once again goes to the, the armorer to get the metal made into his armor. Um, I like this sequence because you meet another Mandalorian known as Paz Vizsla. Uh, here's where we get really nerdy. Here's some pre-Star Wars stuff. Hit us with the nerd. <laughs> Paz Vizsla was voiced by John Favreau himself, by the way. That's I was wondering. Point. I was like, that sounds familiar. I was wondering who voiced that. <laughs> yes. Thank that you for that Favreau. beautiful information. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the Vizsla family, though, starting with pre-Vizsla, he was the leader of the Vizsla clan, a.k.a. Death Watch. Yes, yes, and as you yes, know, yes. Death Watch was founded around the idea of the Clone Wars. Around that time, the Mandalorians were known were pacifists. But Death Watch didn't like that fact. They wanted to go back to the old ways of being warriors. And so they were almost like a, a faction of that. And they were led by pre Vizsla. So this guy, Paz Vizsla, is a descendant of him. So it kind of also speaks to his kind of aggression. Because, you know, he, he sees, I like that moment where he says to Mando, it's like, why is he the one, you know, out there? He, he's bringing us dishonor and insult, being paid by this thing that... He calls him a coward. Yes. He's like, he's taking money from these people who stole it from us. You know, and again, there's something interesting we find as well. And we kind of skimmed over it. There are under other Mandalorians. <laughs> like, right. Whoa. What the hell? We find out that they've been in hiding on purpose. And so he gets in. So he gets in the little. They get in the little scuff in yes. there. And Paz Vizsla handles him. I mean, yes. I'm not going to say, you know, I don't think there was a winner. But like what we've seen of the Mandalorian so far is that like one on one, he's going to win most fights. Mm-hmm. And then he fights another Mandalorian. And it's like, nope, he he was completely evenly matched if mm-hmm. if not overpowered mm-hmm. and that just goes to show like again setting up like the rules and not you know the, not the guild rules in this sense but the rules of how powerful is this character and i like again and again it's showing us that he is really badass but also totally prone to fail yes. which makes each episode interesting because mm-hmm. he's not a foolproof character well one thing i've learned about the mandalorian is that anytime he succeeds he succeeds when he accepts help. Yeah, yeah you know he doesn't succeed. Point. He doesn't succeed alone. Yeah, you know, and, he's, and he's I, got a little tiny baby helping him out with the force. <laughs> I need that at my nine to five job. He's got it, right? You know, right. and 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 again, when they fight, one of the cool things you see is the vibro blades, which yeah, I, those I, are I love awesome. those blades. Those are really cool. Yeah. I love the I also could those. use those yeah, in right. a practical sense, <laughs> like opening up Amazon packages around Christmas time. Those sons of guns would open right up. Right. Um, also, actually, uh, uh, Vizsla mentions the, the the purge, the Great Purge, and this is one of the few times that's kind of mentioned in passing. A lot of people assume. Again, we also assume that the purge is to do with Mando's flashbacks, and we don't know if those are two that are the same. They're actually the same thing. We actually don't know. But what we suspect is the purge is actually connected to Order sixty six because the purge is actually mm. a, 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 an aftermath of that. Because you know the first step of Order sixty six. For those who don't know, if and if you're watching the Mandalorian, which you know, let me just go, let me just sidetrack for a bit, Eli. I'm finding I actually have a lot of 
of, of friends and hearing a lot of people who watch The Mandalorian but aren't necessarily Star Wars fans, which I find very uh, interesting. The, the person that I've been watching this show with, yes, every episode, not a Star Wars fan, loves The Mandalorian. <laughs> which I it's, find it's, is so crazy. <laughs> like how? I just don't really like... Isn't the whole draw of The Mandalorian is for like niche really nerdy Star Wars fans. Right, that's what I thought. Like, that's the initial draw. I thought it was so going to be super niche. I, di- I didn't realize it would actually be one of the most watched Star Wars, pieces of Star Wars content. Like, what? I At, thought... And by, when all said and done, it probably will be. Yes. Right? 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and so, for some of those, for those of you who are listening to this and don't watch Star Wars, quick recap, Order 66 is when the Emperor... Uh, gave an order for all the, the clone army to destroy and betray the Jedi, killing them all and going around killing anyone who was seen or deemed force sensitive, which means you had a potential to uh, control the force. And, and um, it's a montage that will break your heart uh, in Revenge of the Sith. Yes. I don't want to talk about it because well, I'm a prequel fan. Don't at me. When I tell you that, when you think about this, most force sensitive people are, are more noticeable as when they're younger. So let me tell you, Order 66 didn't give a damn about if you're a child or not. That's how crazy it was. Yeah. There was a genocide of the youths, people. Yes. It wasn't pretty stuff. And of course, part of Order 66 was the Empire getting into power. And part of that was also taking over Mandalore. And this is where the purge comes into play. The Empire rose to power, took over Mandalore by force under the command of, and here's for you nerds, Darth Maul. The fun fact, Darth Maul was once controlled of Mandalore. That's a whole thing. Watch... Uh, was it uh, was it um Clone Wars or Rebels? I think it was Rebels actually. It was Re- Rebels at yes yes. That it's a whole story. That. It's a whole story that deals with how the best gas steel was stolen and blah blah blah. And that's why he refers to when he talks about the Great Purge. But the armorer stops them. The armor reminds them of who they are, and they say, "This is the way." I love that phrase. This is the way. This is fun the way. fact for the audience. Sometimes Dave and I sign off. Yes. This is the way. This On is. text messages, no one's listening, but <laughs> yes, we're nerds. This is the Nerdy Bunch podcast. We're coming at you hot with nerdy stuff. And you know, I love that this this is the way moment because again, again, with setup and payoff, this comes back later on with the with great payoff where this clash with this with Vizsla happens between Mando and Vizsla and you think it's going to be an ongoing thing, but mm-hmm. this this is the way it reminds you that as much as they may have their 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 personal beef ultimately the greater good for the for who they are is above them this is the way right and i love that we find out about the mandalorians want to keep a secret they want the world to believe that their numbers are low while they're slowly building up so only one of them and for some reason we don't know yet mando has been chosen to be their face right and that's and that's the armor says our secrecy is our survival yes and our survival is our strength Mm mm-hmm and I think that was interesting. I was sort of thinking about ours. Uh, I think that was a cool little tidbit on sort of where they're at as a as a culture, if you will. I agree. As a people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, so super fascinating, that they, like you said, Dave, that they are underground and they're just biding their time. But later in the episode, we get to see oh. what the what the potential is <laughs> when the Mandalorians go full strength. Right. And I shit, and is that full strength? I don't know. I think that might even be lesser than that. <laughs> and there's still so oh, right, right. <laughs> right. Full strength in terms of we're talking of the size of a village. Yes, yes. <laughs> um so the armor returns to uh fixing Mando's armor, adding to his armor, and he tells a story about 
fighting the mudhorn. So she says, hey, that should be a signet. And though in context, it's easy to understand what signet means. For those who actually need the literal meaning of signet, a signet is a small symbol to mark something as yours, like a seal of some sort. She asked the mudhorn, because he slay, he slay one. He said, no. And this, again, this tells you about his character. He could have taken that glory and said, yes, I single-handedly defeated a mudhorn. But he said, no, I had help from an enemy, but I just <laughs> sold this enemy off, and I know something bad's going to happen to it. You know, Why would an enemy help you? Ah. Because it didn't know it was my enemy. Yes. I love that. I like that line a lot. And I think this, this alludes to the confliction that's happening inside the ma- Mando. You know, yeah. because you, 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 his upcoming uh, uh, actions make sense from words like, from phrases like that. You're seeing, you understand in his mind, he's conflicted. You know, I had help. I'm not going to take this glory. You know, this thing helped me. I don't understand why it helped me. It doesn't understand that it's my enemy. So instead of making the signet, she makes him special weapons known as whistling birds, which as far as I know, are new to Star Wars canon and are pretty awesome. I have not can't remember seeing them before yes i love the name whistling birds right that's right baller and once again prone for mando every time he hears clashing of armor he's prone to ptsd flashbacks apparently (laughs) yeah we definitely got that in multiple episodes right he's he's having a rough go of it i think though we get to learn you know more and and again i love seeing um the droids you know the the battle droids Mm -hmm. um animated in a photorealistic way yes because when we saw them in the prequels and when we've seen them um in the clone wars they've been Mm -hmm. so clearly animated where this it looks like a truly a metal object you could touch Mm -hmm. and i love that because it it just brings this weight in life and they don't shy away from using acknowledging that the prequels existed and there are things that are useful and it Mm -hmm. it adds to the canon i agree and i think this also gives us some very smart exposition on why he has his feelings that he has towards droids, right? He clearly Absolutely. doesn't like droids, and we he see well droids killed his droids. friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, droids it suggests that droids we don't actually see it, but it suggested that droids killed his parents. Most and certainly, yeah. specifically, like you mentioned, these are separatist battle droids. For those who are keeping track of uh, Star Wars nostalgic things that we're seeing in this show. Uh, again, I love that the show does things like that. You know, subtle hints, you know, that, hey, this is the Star Wars universe. You've seen these things before, but it's not the most obvious ones. You know, we haven't seen the main Roger Roger droids yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, Which I also kind of like is those, you know, there was the Roger Roger droids give are somewhat, I feel like childish aspects yes, of the yes, yes. prequels, but the battle droids were, you know, they're ready to take names. They were scary. And they were fun to play with in Battlefront too. So like they got, I got some love for them. Yes, yes. Mando gets his new armor, and damn, was it sexy and shiny. I love that scene oh. when he walks into the bar. Oh. It's so, it's so fresh. He's just crispy all over. <laughs> just like damn, and I love that moment with grief, where grief's just happy at the success. He's just like, yes, Mando, my guy, sit next to me. <laughs> you know, like, like telling you everyone look else, fucking beautiful. <laughs> And it's just like, and again, another moment of great exposition. I didn't notice this the first time I watched it because I didn't know where it was going. But do you notice that grief? They they make a point for grief to say, "I was paid too with Beska steel. I got rich too." Boom, and he puts, puts it, it back in, in the, the pocket. Ah, oh, yeah, love that beautiful foreshadowing. Love that foreshadowing. I thought that was brilliant, brilliant. Uh, and 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 um, but Manda wants another gig. And we we get again we get some kind of 
information here that he admits that he'd given the gig to every bounty hunter, which is something that for those of you who've seen later episodes, we know that's going to come back, that there are other bounty hunters who are looking for the same thing. Um, he gets his next bounty, his next gig. And before he can leave, he asks again, what do they plan to do with the baby? And once again, we're told, hey, we don't ask such things. And this again, it kind of, I think this plants a seed of curiosity in grief's mind saying, huh, why would you ask such a question? Mando leaves. I love that moment again. We, we were hinted at the beginning. He goes to hit the lever. The knob isn't there. And Mando has that moment. I swear to you, Eli, I saw his face. I just saw his face just sink and just see baby Mando or baby Yoda and just think, oh, I need to go and get that baby. Yeah, that little green, adorable <laughs> little baby. And yeah, I, I love that. You're because so right. And again, it's that that sequence um, is one of my favorites just because, like, again, the hardest thing to do is, you know, I, we're programmed as human beings to respond to the facial expressions of another. Mm -hmm. So how could we relate to a character without that? And we are, and it's happening, and they're pulling it off. Again, just as Kudos. simple as a, a knob on a lever. You know, like, because I'm sorry, but that moment where he reaches his hand to grab the the knob and then the lever, the knob isn't there, you instantly know what he's, he's thinking without seeing an expression on his face. that's great writing. That's yeah. great writing for for film students out there. Take notes on that. I mean, yes. just how, how things in a script can say so much you know, so there's so much exposition there without yep. needing to say a word or even see a see a face. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mando goes back to go and get the baby, where the baby isn't there, and so he goes to another hideout, and we see another use of that gun, his his rifle, which can uh, listen in on long distance conversations. So I thought it was pretty cool. His Jawa slaughter weapon. Right. <laughs> the exploding dust. <laughs> it's like the like Thanos snap. <laughs> it's, it's lore and Jawa history now. Uh, with the conversation, he eaves us to the conversation with the client and the doctor, and we hear that the, the the client just says to the doctor, "Extract the necessary material." What does that mean? And mm. from the baby ASAP. So this again, it it might go against the theory that I had that this baby is a clone. Maybe this baby is legit, and they need stuff from the baby in order to create the clones. You know. Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't think he's talking about midichlorians. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think the clone the clone theory is good. I mean, I know you and I have been talking about you know using the clone theory in a wider way, especially mm -hmm. as it pertains to the sequels. Um, but uh, I think this could. Be, I think that's been a point of discussion: is what is Yoda's previous fifty years, Baby Yoda's previous fifty years, exactly. And that's the thing is like we're saying baby Yoda and I think has are are people from Star Wars like Star Wars officials are they saying baby Yoda? No, they they say they the child. Allow, they will allow baby Yoda for now, but they call it the child. But we okay. will get information this season. Cuz that's all we need we got to we got to figure that out. Yes. And that's gonna, you know that's the big mystery. Yeah. And are we getting hints here? You know. the question. That, is, that is the question. So, I don't know. I don't want to project. I like clones, but I also am hoping the clone angle is being used in the sequels, so I hope this yes. isn't the same. You know, I don't want them to overlap. Yeah, true, 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 true. Um, we get some, some information here, though, as well. First piece of information is that the doctor doesn't want um, to harm the baby. And secondly, the doctor mentions this is what he wanted. 
So that means there's someone else who's actually pulling the strings above the client. So who that he is, we don't know quite. I yet. think on first watch, I thought he was just the client. Yeah. So I, I didn't really think much about that. And then it's like, okay, well, okay, who is the he? Hmm. And and I, you know, I still I I want to know more about the client, mm-hmm. and I want to see more of the client just because it's just legendary every scene he's in. <laughs> of course, um, Mando goes all John Wick and all the troopers in the building. <laughs> I love that sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finds doctor, finds doctor and baby, and we mentioned before the doctor's wearing a jacket with the emblem of the Kaminoans. Who, like we've mentioned, the Kaminoans are best known for creating the Grand Army clone army of the republic so uh in some way he's linked at some in some form we don't know how so the, the clone theory may very much be in play yes and once again the doctor begs doctor thinks mando's here to harm the baby and doctor's like no don't harm the baby so and i love that moment because it tells us that doctor isn't faking it he genuinely you know wants to keep a baby alive whether that's for his own use or to actually protect the baby we don't know but he wants to keep the baby alive yeah. Regardless. It's it seemed it seemed very genuine. Please yes. don't hurt it. You know, it's it yes. seemed like this character is just like a decent decent character mixed up with some some darker which, folk. Which we see many, many examples of in Star Wars, unfortunately. Absolutely. Um, um Mando leaves him, takes the baby, and they escape baby and Mando to style. Again, I love this I love this moment, baby and Mando. Um they are outnumbered and surrounded by troopers, but guess what? It's okay. Whistling birds, remember those? I love that. Mm, bring them I lo- back. I love the sound, the whistling sound they make. It's just yep. a quick, bam, take yep. them out. It's really cool. Uh, Mando heads, heads to the ship. Only problem now is uh, the bounty hunter fob starts to light up. And again, I love that because we get the setup at the beginning of the episode that we're reminded that, hey, every bounty hunter has these fobs. So as soon as the baby comes overground, their fob starts to light up again. So it begs the question, how do the fobs work? Are they connected... Like, does baby have a chip in him, or is it connected to yeah, DNA? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, that's a good point. Like, how? Yeah, how would would the fobs work? How would you be able to track without a receiver? Right, unless it's DNA so, bound. Right, I don't know. Because the way I think of it now, from little little information, is that somehow it's connected to DNA, but it needs to be within the general vicinity for it to beep. So you have to be close enough. So you have right. to have. You know, to it, it won't just beep from anywhere. That's clear. Yeah, yeah. That's and it's I not think. like a directional thing necessarily. No, no, you got to figure it out yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, they get surrounded by a whole bunch of bounty hunters, and uh, grief is like, "Hey, let baby go. We can go peacefully." Mando isn't buying it, of course, because of course, well, who trusts a bounty hunter? Come on. I love the visuals of this. Again, this is a moment where we get the cowboy essence of it—that quick drop, taking everyone out. This is where my the medium wide shot. Oh, so beautiful. Classic. Classic, classic, and even I think the score changes at this at this point. It's really cool. Um, I love the when he jumps into the speed. I love how they treat the speeders, almost kind of like a, a like a carriage, a horse drawn, but without the horse. Yeah, but it's been but it's controlled by a, 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 a an android. <laughs> I love that. Which uh, Mando is not going to be happy about, but he's got to you know in right. this case he's got to do it. <laughs> right. it's a, and and what I like about that. As well as it just shows the utility, the common utility, mm-hmm. right? There are certain things that these characters are going back to, and it defines the world just in the same way we have our things that we go to, pulling our phones out of our pocket, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. There are always, you know, there's always a speeder. A speeder is like prime utility. Actually, and 
it's funny you bring that up because um, we'll go into it in the next episode because the next episode shows us some examples of that, right? Where we see people living a certain type of lower lifestyle, but they still have certain things. That to certain us, essentials. Yeah, that to us is like, whoa, that's awesome tech. But right. to, you know, and, and I, I love that. I think that's part of what adds to the charm of the world of The Mandalorian. I mean, you get to see the depth of the world building in a way that you can't get into in the movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like truly the advantage of the show and why I love the next episode so much, which yes. we'll get into. But one of the awesome stuff about this episode is we get to see the Ambin rifle again in terms of disintegrating people. Oof, a lot of the bounty hunters. When the disintegration happens, like you got me, I'm like edge of my seat. Like I just want to see that gun blast people to smithereens. It's oh, absolutely thrilling. So good, so good. But uh, grief is smart. He shoots the droid instead, and it causes them to stop. The bounty hunters close in on them, and I love this moment because as the bounty hunters close in on them, it's almost like, oh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And the camera closes in on Baby Yoda. So you're thinking, ooh, force move again. We're about to see Baby Yoda do something with the force. And then out of nowhere, we see the missile come. And I, who did you think that was, though? Like, because like I still, even though we've seen the other Mandalorians, I didn't think it's them. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't think that was my first instinct no. when I saw the missile. But like, I I know I remember it clicking. Going, oh shit, we're about to see a bunch of Mandalorians fight, oh, and then just goodness. being like full on ready to rock. <laughs> Like, uh, it was glorious. You know, they just come in and you get you get a Vizsla coming in with a freaking uh, rail gun. Just, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I love that moment, you know. Yeah, and, and, even and says, I love the diverse on. weaponry again. Oh, <sighs> so good. Just a dream. And in that moment where he's just like, what about you guys? And then Vizsla's like, you go, you go. Like, you get that sense of, once again, this is not about me or you. It's about us. Right. I could be mad at you. You could have ruined everything for us. Yes, we have to move. We have to find a new location, blah, blah, blah. But it's for the greater good. And we believe we, we believe in what you're going for right now. And we're going to stand by you because you're one of us. And and, we, and we're we always begging to know more about the Mandalorians. And this was like a beautiful sequence where we get to see like, okay, not only are these guys, you know, going to preserve their culture, but they're going to preserve one another mm-hmm. in the name of that culture and they're going to fight like savages. Yes. Oh, like savages. They'll remind you who the fuck they are. We are Mandalorians, bitches. Um, Mando goes back to his ship, but Grief, smartly enough, knows that Mando's going to go back to his ship, is waiting at the ship. And uh, it's, he, We get to see how, how like sharp he is, which is good, because I kind of like seeing him in action, because he clearly, like, he's stayed alive this long and has been, you know, giving out contracts and probably taking a number of his own, and mm-hmm. we get to see, like, this, this guy's sharp. Yes, he's not. He an, he's he's not an idiot, you know. He, 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 you're right. He knows exactly what he's doing. Though Mando is smarter. Mando outsmarts him, gets some uh, steam in his face. But and I'd like to think Mando did this on purpose. Shoots him, but it hits. The, we find out later that it hits this Beska steel in his chest, in his uh, jacket pocket. So that's what I was wondering. I was like, is is Mando just that accurate? Was it just luck, or does he not really want to kill? I feel like Mando Grief. has. I feel like Mando doesn't want to kill him. I feel like there's some kind of like respect he has. And he's like, you know, I understand that you're just doing your job. That's what I'd like to think too, at least, that Mando is that good of a sharpshooter. Was this a turning point? Which wouldn't be surprising if he is that good. Or is this a yeah. turning point where grief becomes one of the, you know, one of the primary antagonists? True, true. This is true. That is very, very true. I didn't think of it that way. Um, either way, 
It ends with uh, Mando and Baby flying off, assisted by jetpack jetpack flying Mandalorians. And Mando says exactly what we're all thinking. (laughs) I got to get me one of those. I got to get me one of those. And, you know, that's a rare moment of great levity without pulling us out of the narrative. So we're all thinking it. Yeah. Just like you said. Yep. I was like, damn. And I was also like, why doesn't Mando have a jetpack? He's right. got to get himself one of those, you know? I think Baby Yoda was probably thinking the same thing. Yeah. And of course, to bookend the episode, this time Mando lets Baby Yoda play with the knob where earlier he'd said no. And I love that. Perfect circle. Yep. The loop has been connected. And character growth and, you know, the, the connection with one another. It tells you so much. And I loved it. And I think this is one of my favorite episodes. And like I said, it made me have faith in what Deborah Chow can do with uh, 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 Obi-Wan. And I'm very, I think she can do a very good balance of action, energy, yet character uh, 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 development and character uh, motivations, you know. Because I think this episode yeah. had it all. Yeah, It definitely gives you, she, she does a great job of being nuanced with characters but also clearly being able to sequence a fantastic, um, multiple fantastic fight scenes, action sequences. Yes, yes, yes. Because I think this didn't feel like they're holding back. I think, in fact, I think in terms of the action sequences, this is, in terms of this is the bar for this season so far, this episode. Oh, yeah, easy, easy. Except for one moment in the next episode, which we won't go into, but, you know, the red eyes. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, so, so coming away from this episode, it made me realize, in terms of scale, it almost feels like they're just getting started. Yes, I agree. And it's already this big, mm-hmm. and the CGI is already this, or not CGI, but I should say the the effects mm-hmm. because so much of it is practical. Um, it's like, okay, where are we gonna go? How big is this gonna get by the finale? Because mm-hmm. this is episode three, right? <laughs> And like we're getting like full on like multiple Mandalorian on bounty hunter battles. I mean, let's go. And again, one of my friends, I remember, I remember before he watched the show, he complained when he saw the run times and said, "Oh, why is it so short?" And I said to him, "When you're watching it, it doesn't feel short. I feel like each episode's no. a little movie. <laughs> like no. I don't feel yep. like it's only half an hour tops." I, and I don't actually feel like when they end i don't feel like i necessarily needed more no no and i, I don't feel shorted. it's so well paced it's so well paced yeah yeah i agree well what do you guys think of episode three and uh if you're watching the these episodes or if you're listening to these episodes in order as you watch them what do you guys think of the show so far we always like to hear your thoughts even after the fact info at the nerdy com or find us on social media at the nerdy bunch every week after you watch uh, episodes of the mandalorian to send us your thoughts uh, we'd like to read them on our podcast on future episodes thank you eli as always it's great to be here i'm ready for episode four ah uh, yes i am ready for episode four and check previous episodes and share with your friends and as always keep it nerdy